Hi, I'm Tina Spangler, TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A number 155. Today is August 1st, 2023. If you live in Florida, you're probably counting the days till fall. We have less than 60 days to go, y'all, so just hang in there. Keep them ponies legged up, and pretty soon it'll be cool weather, and you'll have fresh, tuned up, ready-to-roll horses. So, uh, Speaking of tuned up, I've been posting things to work on for our summer series in the group. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep our challenges for August as far as skill the same. We're going to continue on with the summer series. Once a week, I will post a video in, um, in the group. And um, I'm going to post a, a video in the group every week. It, some of it's going to have to do with foundation. Some of it's going to have to do with pattern. I'm going to kind of mix it up a little bit. That way we'll be really tuned up. Those of you that have, are in snowy states and you're competing right now, you'll find it beneficial too because you should always go back to basics during the week. Um, so that's important. And our mindset, um, I know uh, for a lot of people, um, sometimes barrel racing gets where it's not fun because you put so much pressure on yourself. So our mindset for August, since it's a hot month, it can be a very stressful month for many. You've got kids going back to school. You've got weather conditions you're dealing with. So let's make our mindset for August finding joy in every day. Today, my joy was I loped my horse for the first time in a year. Um, Rocky and I loped around the arena about three times each way, and you could not have wiped the grin off my face. Um, he was a good boy. So, um, let's see, I had my surgery, my hip replacement for my left hip in the end of February. So I had 90 days of, you know, getting better with physical therapy and healing before I was allowed to get back on. Doc said I could get back on June 1st. So I've been in the saddle, uh, legging up slowly for both of us because my left was very weak compared to my right. And um, so very slowly, all of June, all of July, and today we loped. We've just been walking and trotting, getting legged up about three days a week and um, in the saddle. And of course, I do other stuff. But I can't tell you guys, that was my joy for August 1st. I was smiling ear to ear. So that's going to be our challenge for August. Let's continue the summer series with getting back to basics. Uh, we'll do something I'll post in the group, whether it be on the barrels or the poles, slow work or dry work or drills away from the pattern. Um, usually we're not out long trail rides this time of year because of bugs and heat and all that. So quick, short rides in the arena is uh, efficient and it keeps your horse happy and keeps you tuned and your horse tuned and everybody fit and going. So once, um, so anyways, that's that. And then keeping your joy is going to be your mindset. Find something joyful in every single day. And I know some days that's harder than others. And today my joy was loping my horse. So anyways, um, so those are going to be our skill and mindset. Um, a little story I'd like to share. And we had six riders in the group. I had many riders that are part of TLC go to Youth World this year, but in the actual group, there were six of you, and I can't tell you how proud I am of all of you. Um, I really feel like Youth World, well, you get to go there and have fun and get to be in the spirit parade and costume parades, and they if you make the finals, you get a buckle and you get to 
come in under the lights in the dark arena and they make you feel very special. Um, but even if you don't, if you just didn't have the perfect runs or you had great runs and they just didn't get you back to the finals, find the lesson and find your PB, your personal best that you had. Um, the thing about Youth World, it can really build character and it teaches you sportsmanship as well not only for the children, for, but for the parents. Um, as you guys know, when I go on Facebook to post things in the group, I'll often see things in my newsfeed and people are like sharks or um, gossip columns. If it's negative, people jump all over it. And I saw a couple negative things from Youth World, one about a dad jerking a kid off a horse and the other one about a stud horse getting loose and jumping on a bunch of other courses that kids shouldn't have so those two negative things happen that i saw there's probably more but out of like 1400 you know teen and youth riders there's a lot of people there so you've got to expect when you have that many families there there's going to be things people from all different states all different worlds i mean worlds all different states all different countries um one world and um you have all those things going on of course there's going to be some things but Overall, it's your choice if you choose to focus on this, the positives or the negatives. And I can tell you this, I don't even know about gossip unless I happen to see it on Facebook or maybe my horseshoe mentions something or a barrel racer that comes over for a lesson mentions something. I'm just really out of out of the loop. You know, some of my members will say, oh, I feel out of the loop. And I'm thinking I'm always out of the loop because I just do my thing. You know, um, I and I... I critique videos and I do my lessons and my clinics, but I, I just pretty much do my thing with my horses and my puppy and, and, um, you know, my family, I talk to my family and, and see a few friends here or there, things like that. But other than that, I'm just kind of doing my own thing and I'm going to start hauling once the cool weather gets here again, but hopefully I can still stay out of all the negativity because who wants it? The gossip is just that you don't need to be a part of it if you don't want to be you can just stay focused on the positives and that's what I'd like you to do find the joy in every day and don't worry about the negative stuff let it go so uh that's going to be our goals and um so can continue with that so I wanted to share that as a part of the story I'm really proud of you guys congratulations to our youth writers Izzy, Jaylin, Amelia, Dakota, Hunter and Rayla I think we had six, right? I think that's six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six in the group. So um, I was trying to remember who all I did uh, uh, videos for and remembered went there from the group. So um, what else? The uh, the other thing I want you to remember is you do walk away. It, it builds character of, of the parents and of the children because of how you take care of your horse. Did you learn from it? Um, you know, did you appreciate your personal best, you know, that you had? All of those things and, and find the good in it and then set goals for next year. Write down in your barrel racing log what you learned so you can improve on it next year. It is a seasoning process. For many of you, it was your first time there. A couple of you, you've been there before, but maybe on a different horse this time. So it's definitely a challenge. And, um, and so I just really want to tell you guys, I'm really proud of you and I'm happy for you chasing your dreams. And then, um, the other thing I wanted to say is I am starting to take deposits for my clinics, uh, for October. I'm taking deposits now for, uh, let's see, uh, New Smyrna Beach is full, but La Lady Lake, the covered arena, El Cross has openings. And then for November, um, 
they'll be I'll take those deposits in September and for uh, December clinics I'll be taking deposits October 1st so and also they finally the uh, we've got a new password I posted that in the group and I'll send it to you guys in private messages um, but the TLC barrels website is just tlcbarrels.com now no nothing else it used to have simdiff on there but I went ahead and uh, finally just bought the domain name of tlcbarrels.com so that's all you've got to type in and um, the the members only page there's still about there's actually 200 videos there now and they're divided by topics and um, everything from cult starting on up to uh, you know, tuning up on the barrels and poles, etc. So there's about 200 videos there. And I, I started a new section at the top with new videos for each month. So I'll be adding today's video that I made on looking where you should be looking and writing to in competition. So that's the newest video for August 1st. And I'll be putting in new videos. So if you ever are looking for them, you can search for them in the group or look at the top of the search um, look at the top of the members only page under uh, whatever month it is and that will be where the new videos are so we'll be putting august videos in there soon and i plan to be making more content now that i'm pain free and riding again and getting my horse legged up and once the cooler weather gets here i hope to get briscoe back in the saddle again to make videos from her as well so i look forward to having two ponies to ride and let's see what else. Um, I guess that's all for what I wanted to say there. I will be doing the personal best August, uh, or excuse me, July personal best winner today since it's August 1st. I sent out the membership uh, reminders. And let's see, I'm going to go ahead and get into the uh, topic for today and the Q&A. And um, the topic is 1D or bust. And we're going to talk about that as well um, as the questions answered so let me see if there's anything else and i'll get right into the questions the first question that was asked was um, my horse went up the fence why so you sent me the video and um for your specific issue and i've seen this happen many many times over the years over the last 25 years so don't feel like oh my god it's only me but i've seen it happen for many reasons um one reason it can happen is if you missed your arc you went straight at the barrel and that's the video I posted in the group today I talk about that number two is if you pulled on the horse's face so instead of um, sitting and saying whoa and turning your body and looking at your spots and just bumping your horse you start to get it a pulley match with them and then they go up the fence um, the other thing is you didn't sit number three you didn't sit and say whoa soon enough for the speed that you were going to first so it can be a combination of all three of those. You're flat flying to first. You didn't have an arc. So when you got there, you didn't sit and say, whoa, and you just pulled on their face. Those three together will certainly make a horse go up a fence. Um, the fourth thing is you must know your sweet spot and what your cues are for each horse. And they're going to be different for each horse. Some need a bigger arc. Some need a smaller arc. Some need to stay off their head completely. Others don't mind a two-hand check or one-hand check. Um, some need you to sit and say whoa sooner some just want to be left alone every horse is unique and then number five um, is a horse that's been rammed on uh, you know rammed on or pressured too much I've seen trainers take a horse in um, and take them to a barrel race and exhibition them or enter them and the horse goes up the fence and they beat on them for it or they go back and make them go around the barrel a bunch of times and the horse is just flat scared 
And that kind of horse gets blown up and has a really bad memory there. And then sell, they sell that horse and someone else gets it. And they say, oh, you can't run it to first. You can just lope it to first. And then one day they go to a barrel race and the horse goes up the fence and they're like, okay, what the heck just happened? That's because that horse has a bad memory that comes back to it anytime it feels stress like in competition or pressured maybe from rider's nerves or going just a hair faster or maybe felt the rider put some pressure on the rein so that could be it and then of course the sixth reason is a horse in pain so this is why we must know our horses this is why we have to have a village of people we trust from your coach to your dentist to your farrier to your uh, body work person um, to your sports medicine vet all of those things all right, the next question is uh, drugs used for barrel racing. Um, what do you recommend or not recommend? Okay, so this is a complicated one. And again, it's going to be on an individual horse basis. You would need to talk to your veterinarian based on your individual horse. But some drugs that come to mind that are used in barrel racing are for your horse's lungs. Horses that get, especially in Florida, that are um, maybe they get heaves or COPD. Um, some people will use um, natural products like those things they put on their nose. Um, but other people go to the RX and um, get the uh, like a nebulizer and use an albuterol. It's kind of like a human's inhaler, or maybe they get the um, Clenbuterol, which is like the ventropulin, I would say that wrong. The the really it's pretty expensive medicine, but it helps open up the nasal passages and lungs to horses to be able to breathe better. So um, some people will actually use Dex um, for lungs or for pain, which is a steroid. Um, and then um, some people use Lasix if your horse is a bleeder. And again. All of these RXs can have side effects in the sense of Lasix. It can really make a horse pee a lot and pee out a lot of their electrolytes um, and affect their potassium levels and all that. So it can affect their organs. So you really need to know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and work closely with your vet for how you um, do it before the barrel race, how you treat them after the barrel race, and all of that. Um, and please, you know, just because someone else is doing it and, you know, it, please don't do it because you're looking for a competitive edge. You're doing it for the horse's well-being. Um, so obviously we don't want a horse not being able to breathe in competition. We don't want a horse scared because their lungs are filling up with blood. We don't want our horse running in pain. Um, some other drugs that people might use would be banamine or bute for pain or inflammation. Um, that can be something as well b12 shots you can often get from your veterinarian b12 can actually help horses that get fatigued or stressed out um, it can help an appetite appetite and the microbes in the hind gut as well um, and again these are all things to discuss with your vet but butte a lot of people use if they think they have hawk or, or or leg soreness banamine they might use if they think they have muscle soreness um, and some people will run their horses, especially if they're staying at super shows for two or three days and the horse is stalled more than usual or making back-to-back -back runs. They may use Banamine or Butte. Um, as I mentioned, there are natural options like the B12. There's um, Apis. There's Arnica. There's a lot of holistic things out there as well. But you can also use um, 
things instead of there's joint injections and oftentimes in the joint they're going to use a steroid um, sometimes they just use ha and such like that but um, you could also avoid the joint first and do a oral joint supplement you could do legends or adequan in the muscle or the vein for the whole body before you go to just one joint um, but again, this is why you have to trust your vet and not just maybe not necessarily a farm vet, but maybe a sports medicine vet that all they deal with is lameness in sport, athletic horses. So that's their specialty, you know, kind of like you have a doctor that you go to as your general practitioner. And then you have your, your, um, like me, I had a doctor for my surgery, for my hip, your bone doctor. So you might have a foot doctor, a heart doctor, you know, a brain doctor, every, you know, cancer doctor. There's doctors for all different things. And it's the same for horses or they've got their specialties, an eye doctor, a leg doctor, all of that. Um, you know, so anyways, um, so those would be the main drugs that I would say you see out there. And like I said, um, just don't do it because a barrel racer told you to do it. Do it because you've talked to your vet, you've researched it and you think it's the best decision for your horse. Uh, let's see here. Next question, horses rubbing themselves raw. Yep, summertime, that's gonna happen. Um, a lot of times it's because of bugs. I like to use a natural fly spray, but it's not gonna last like the piranha fly spray or oil-based fly spray, you know, like Bronco water-based doesn't last. So piranha fly spray is oil-based and it's hardcore. But I tell you, it will keep the mosquitoes off my horses at night. It will keep the gnats off of their ears and eyes during the day. Um, I don't have a lot of flies this year because the dragonflies have been eating them, which is awesome. But I do have a bottle of TerraShield, which is a doTERRA product. I mix with coconut oil and um, Centronella, and I mix that up. And I'll use that one when I ride or maybe when I'm getting my horse out um, for other things, I'll spray that on them. But natural fly spray just doesn't last as long. So for people that work all day and they're not with their horses and you want to spray them once in the morning, once at night, you're probably going to have to go with chemical. And I use a sponge for the ones on their face. I just spray the piranha onto a sponge, wipe it around their ears and their eyes, and it keeps them from rubbing their self raw. Oftentimes, horses, people think they've got an allergy um, but often it's just they've been rubbing themselves raw because of um, the bugs. I'm dealing with cellulitis in one leg on Briscoe right now. So I called my vet, sent her pictures, and we got her on SMZs and Butte. And then I'm doing Cypress essential oil with coconut oil and massaging her leg up twice a day with that and putting my Miracle Clay clay poultice on it. And she's already doing much better. But um, she will get cellulitis if she even gets a tick bite or a scratch on a leg. She's just really prone to it and her back legs only in the summertime. So, and she did get a tick on her milk bag. Um, a lot of times I don't always get the fly spray up around the milk bag very good. And I don't know if it's because she rubs on a tree or she laid down or who knows what, but on her teat, she had a tick. And I put lavender on the teat and it got better because one side was swollen, so a lavender essential oil. So I'm a mix. I'll do a mix between my natural products and my um, chemicals based on, you know, what I got to get done because I don't want my horses in pain or suffering. So, and again, like I said, I call my vet. I send her pictures, um, you know, if I don't, and then say, okay, do I need to have her come out or not, whatever. You know, the farm vet you can have do your little things, and then you may have a hospital vet for your big stuff, however you want to do it. So let's see what else. Um, 
So yeah, I would just do it twice a day with the bug stuff. The next question is saddle fit. Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? So first, you really need to fit your horse. And then second, you need to fit you. Riders that have gained weight or lose, lose weight, you may need a different saddle for you. Same with your horse. If your horse's top line was thin and now all of a sudden it's filled out, they might need a different saddle. As many of you know, I ride in the original Bob Marshall treeless sports saddle. I started riding in them in the early 2000s. Back then they were circle, circle Y Bob Marshalls. I since sold those and bought just the original Bob Marshalls. And um, I think it's the floral barrel racer or floral arena racer or something like that. But I get the um, uh, round skirt. I don't like the square. I like the round. And I get the normal hung stirrups, not forward. Forward's probably good if you have a free running horse. But most of my horses have a lot of rate and turn. So I just like the regular hung stirrups. But I went to treeless. And people say, you know, they can't get out of them. I don't know where do you want to go. But I feel like you can really sit good in them. They hold you down low. And the thing, I rented treeless because I was training like six horses a day and they all had different backs and I just didn't have a treed saddle that fit everything. So I went to the treeless and I had my chiropractor out monthly. Sherry Steele did my body work for like 15 years and I never had sore back. So, and the only thing I do different is change their pad. You know, if they didn't have a solid back where maybe, cause you don't ever want to sit on the spine of a horse. Um, so you might need a shim, put shims on them so till their back gets filled out, top line gets stronger. Um, but sometimes bad saddle fit can cause mus muscle atrophy, or you'll see those little white hairs on their back, or maybe you'll have dry spots when you pull your saddle off after a good ride. Um, and you should have air spots if you have like holes in your saddle pad where air gets through, or maybe the uh, that kind of thing. But but if it looks like you have uneven um, dry spots, you know, you may have a saddle fit issue. So as far as fitting saddles, there are people out there who do saddle fitting. There are saddle makers who can tell you how to fit your horse. There's videos on YouTube. But the first thing I do is throw a saddle on a horse with no saddle pad and see if it sits level. If it's pointing down, it might be too wide. If it's pointing up, it might be too narrow. Obviously, the treeless is going to sit on a higher withered horse's wither, but it's it's made to have a thin pad and sit close contact to a horse. So as long as they have a solid back, it's not going to hurt their withers. But if they have a back, like I said, that's atrophied or their bones are sticking out, then you're going to have to custom make your, your shims on your pad. You may have to shim your pads even on a treed saddle if your horse's back isn't healthy because you never want to be sitting on that spine. There are saddle pads out there that offer spine release. Um, CSI, there's some professional choice. Um, I think five star actually has barrels. I have one, but it, it's a little bit different. It doesn't have really spine relief as much as ear pockets, but it's made for the treeless saddle. And, um, it's a little too thick, I think on some horses, but, um, not so bad on a horse with a wither, but I like a thin pad on Rocky cause he has a really round back and no wither. So I just use my professional choice. Um, they're like air rides. They used to be endorsed by Charmaine, but now I think they're just generic. She's no longer their sponsor, sponsored by them. So, but, but anyways, um, my point being is uh, you really, whether you ride a treed saddle or a treeless, you really just want something that fits you and fits your horse. Um, you know, you, you want to feel comfortable in your horse. Some, there are like horse tech world, I think was selling quite a few horse saddles 
that were um, barrel saddles that were helping people that had a tendency to let their legs get behind them or they like to lean in their turns or maybe get too far forward. They had saddles that balanced people better. That's horse tack world. There's three or four girls in the group um, that, that went to that saddle because of, you know, not sitting centered in their horse. So you can definitely do that kind of thing um, if you want to. Uh, to help your horse as well but there is so much information out there and so happy saddle shopping it's not an easy easy task but it's very important and very personal a saddle is as personal as the cowboy boots you wear or the bit you put on your horse or side pull all right so the topic today 1d or bust um you know when i started my business all those many years ago there's a lot of ways I could have checked my business. I could have just specialized in a certain bloodline that I liked or only 1D horses if they weren't making 1D in six months to get them out of the barn. Um, I could have focused on just futurity horses or just rodeo horses or maybe um, having just youth, youth uh, riders like a rodeo youth team. Um, there was a lot of things, but but I chose to... My goal was to help every single person that wanted help to be their personal best. And I don't care if you're an Arabian, a mule, a dash to fame, you know, a Frenchman's, a firewater foot. It didn't matter to me. And you'll very rarely find me ever ask people what their horse's bloodlines are. Over the years, I kind of liked, would ask sometimes because certain horses that you ride have certain characteristics. But there are trainers out there that only ride specific bloodlines because they've been successful on them. You'll normally find that one great horse made that great trainer a name. And that great trainer is always training all horses the same, but it won't work on all horses. It only works on horses like that horse. And some horses are just naturally great, so it doesn't work on the other horses who are just good. And Christy Peterson once told me when I lived in Colorado, you would have to sell 100 horses to find that one great horse. And if you're not willing to do that, you may never have that great horse. Some of you can make a good horse better, some of you are a great combination with that horse and you guys can go on and be successful. But some horses are just going to be great no matter the jockey on their back. So when I started my business, my goal wasn't any of those. Although I know many trainers that are like that. And one time it hurt my feelings. Actually, it's happened to me uh, once many years ago, but several times over the years. And even as recent as my clients in my current group now where they, they send me their horses that their 1D trainer or their 1D horse that they bought through a certain trainer um, that they paid a lot of money for. And they, own, they go to that trainer because that trainer made that horse. And they send me their other horses to critique or for lessons or for training. And that trainer would consider them junk. Now, I don't consider any horse junk. But I had a client say that to me once. I only sent you this horse because she, I said, well, why didn't you send it to so-and-so? That's where your other horse is. Oh, she would consider that horse junk. And I'm thinking, thanks. You know, <laughs> at the time, it probably hurt my feelings. Um, actually, it did hurt my feelings. But then I remember that my business was to help all people and all horses. It didn't have to be a 1D high dollar horse. It didn't have to be a cash not credit or a dash to fame. 
or a wonder Oto or whatever. You know, it didn't have to be a specific bloodline. It just needed to be somebody that wanted to have a better relationship with their horse and do it through communication of cues and, and trust and respect and not the cowboy way or not call them junk because they're not a 1D horse in six months. But on the, on the flip side of that, there were times that I thought, wow, you sure would build your reputation better nationwide or even statewide if only you ran 1D horses, if only you had clients with 1D horses. But I don't regret it because I think of all the people I've met and all the horses and riders that I've helped and bulk of people are not 1D or bus people. Bulk of the barrel racers are 3D barrel racers. If you go to a super show, you know what I'm talking about. Most of the horses that run 1D at the big shows, you don't see them forever 1D. They're either uh, bought, sold, or they you know break down or whatever. And then there's two 2D horses, a little bit more than the 1D, but there's a bulk of the riders following the 3D and 4D. So to me, I never regretted that because I love helping people um, just be the best that they can be. So it wasn't about the fame or the glory. Um, I did want to make my own barrel horses. So I did look for specific bloodlines and confirmation and mindset when I picked the horse. Obviously in my budget, I never had a huge budget to spend. Back when I was buying three-year-olds, they were two to $3,000, not uh, $10,000 to $15,000. So anyways, um, so with that, I wanted to share that, that some people, and there's nothing wrong with this, okay? If if that is your thing, you want a pro rodeo, you want to 1D super show, you can't spend two years on a horse. You can't even spend one year on a horse. You need to see, are we going to click in six months? Because you have big goals and half of it's the horse. I don't care if you're in raining, jumping. I would say almost three quarter of it's going to be the horse. Um, if you don't have a horse that can get to that level, you know, you're never going to meet your goals. And it will steal your confidence. It will make you not enjoy it. So, again, you must know what it is that you want. And if that's what you want, then that's what you have to do. One to your bus. So set yourself a goal, six months or a year, I'm going to sell this horse to a good home, but it's a home that suits it better, where maybe they just like to go every once in a while, they're happy if they're in the 2D, whatever. But if your goal is truly 1D or bust, then, you know, you may have to do as Christy Peterson sell, said and, you know, sell 100 horses till you find that one great horse. And some of you might get lucky and it might be the second horse you buy or the first horse you buy. So but here's what's more important to me. I'll share quickly my favorite top 10 if you were to ask me what's important to me. The number one thing to me is putting the horse first. Um, to me is to learn your horse, to know your horse, and to take care of them physically, mentally, and emotionally. The second most important thing to me is being a personal best by enjoying your journey. It's not to me about the saddles or the buckles. Um, it's more about the the process, the improvements, and are you having fun while you're trying to achieve your personal best? Now, my horses place me in the 1D, but sometimes we were in the 3D. 
So did I sell my horses because they gave me a C grade instead of an A grade? No, because they're my kids and I love them and I keep them forever. And, um, and maybe they were in the 3D because I didn't ride as assertive as I should have, or I miscommunicated, or we just didn't, we just got outrun. So, you know, who knows? But, but anyways, um, the third thing is my energy around my animals. Horses will learn, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? When you go to the barn and maybe you've got fly spray or a dewormer or the halter and you're going out to the pasture, just the way that you approach your horse, it's almost like they have ESP. They go, oh, she doesn't have a carrot or treats or she's she's not coming out here just to love on me. She's coming out here with the halter. I got to go to work or she's coming out here with the wormer or the fly spray. They know. And um, it's like just they know they know our body language. They can read us so good. Right. And even sometimes, um, you know, right when you go to put your horse's halter on, if they're going to you know, put their head up versus down or, or, you know, just, it's just one of those things where horses are so intuitive to us that we need to be intuitive to them. And that was, you know, our, um, mindset for last year was into intuition. I mean, last year, last month was intuition. So it is important to me that this is a big part of it. My, the third thing is my energy around my horses. I want to greet my horses and say hello. I want my horses to be respectful of me. Um, whether I'm going out there to, to give them medication or if I, right now I'm medicating Maggie and Briscoe, so I'm bugging them twice a day and they're not happy with me. Maggie's having trouble with her right front foot and Briscoe's having trouble with her right hind leg. So, so you know, they're none too happy with me, but they, they know they've got to get it done and they respect me enough to stand there and let me come get them and medicate them and be done with it. But, um, you know, I hate that horse that runs all over the pasture and doesn't let you catch him. And I feel like that is somebody that really needs to work on their connection with their horse, not just grab them, load them and go to the barrel race, but do other things with that horse, groundwork, um, pasture work, you know, get that body language with your horse of respect and communication of cues going. Okay. So the fourth thing is, um, balance. Um, just like you need a day off from your job, I feel like horses need days off too, but yet you could still have fun times together. Um, you know, you can do your trail rides or pasture rides. Um, I also think just letting them be a horse and turning them out is also important for them. Um, and the, uh, the other thing is, um, is being prepared. All that's part of number four. Um, you will get burnt out if you just go, go, go and not be fun, make it fun, make it like, okay, every single time I have to be better, 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 personal best every run. You can get yourself where you're just not having fun and you'll burn yourself out. So I think balance is key for you and your horses. And sometimes you just didn't prepare or you weren't mentally ready or, you know, you were just not there. So that's why you still have to just be like, okay, let's be realistic with what happened, where I was you know because it's not always about the training a lot of it can be just about where you are the week you had as well same for them you know um okay so number five is all days are not going to be rainbows and sunny you know there are going to be many challenges um but you just got to stay the course and I know I posted something Monday in my on my page about um 
Monday motivation and focusing on what you can control and just being happy. Smile, make someone else smile, that kind of stuff. And I think three of the group members commented on it. And, you know, and I want you to really realize that that is part of life, right? It's just going to be not all days are, are rainbows. So, um, so just try to, that's why August, I want you to just try to find your joy. That kind of made me start thinking about mindset. Don't worry about what others think. Don't worry about, um, the results, the future, that stuff can just stress you out. So, and don't worry about the past, just be present and, and try to find your joy and, while you're still, you know, have a dream and a goal, you just break it down into a little schedule and, and just do one thing, one step each day. And, and while you take that one step, you know, one, get one thing done a day and just try to find joy once a day as well. So I think that's very important. Um, number six is lessons to be learned. Um, you're not going to win every run. Failure is a big part of learning. So that's why I, I really recommend you use that journal or barrel racing log and, and really say, hey, this is what went well, but this is what I want to improve on. Or at this run, my first barrel was awesome, but second, I need to really get up in the hole. You know, or third, I, I quit riding, whatever. You know, make your notes. And, um, you know, even make your notes that, hey, mentally, you know, I was in the zone or, Hey, mentally, I was just not there for my horse before my run. Um, those things, you know, it's important that you note all of it, not just the physical part, but the mental and emotional part. Um, seven, number seven, it takes a village, whether it's your coach, your mentor, your vet, your, your, um, dentist, your farrier, your chiropractor, they're all so important to your success. And if you don't feel like one is working for you, you may have to look into something else or at least get a second opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. Number eight, build connections and a solid community. Um, that's important because um, just like horses are, are habitual, um, you want to build a connection with your horse and um, you want to have a solid communication and a solid community that you work around because all of that gets you where you guys have comfort. Um, you have your trust, you have your respect, you have that communication cues. But just remember, as you're building a connection and you're communicating with your horse and you're building their confidence, horses are very much comfort horses, um, comfort creatures, as far as they like repetition, consistency, just throughout their day. You watch when they eat, when they uh, graze, when they lay down, when they drink, how they are in the pasture, when they rest, um, how they watch over each other. If one bolts, they all bolt. You know, just remember that that's all a big part of who they are. And we need to make sure we're communicating with them in a way that they understand. Number nine, um, never ever the cowboy way. I don't respect or want to ever see the cowboy way. Uh, fear in a horse, intimidation, starvation, exhaustion. That's just not my way. Um, other principles, I talked about that. I think it was last month or the month before was part of our challenges to write down your principles. The wrong thing easy. I mean, the wrong thing difficult, the right thing easy. That doesn't mean exhaustion. That doesn't mean fear or intimidation. That could just mean doing five circles until, and then instead of just going straight, you know what I mean? Or um, 
switching directions or disengaging the hindquarters or putting their head down or instead of standing and relaxing. You know, those are the little things of doing the wrong thing difficult, the right thing easy. Um, so writing down your principles, they can't hurt, get hurt, I can't get hurt. I'm calmer at the end than the beginning. They are. Um, all those things. So again, never the cowboy way. And finally, number 10, check in with yourself. Check in with your goals. Um, remember where you started and where you are plan to go. And remember that this is supposed to be fun and this is your passion. So keep that first and foremost. So I'm going to go ahead and close there. I've been talking about 40 minutes now. I want to close with Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It was my niece's favorite uh, Bible verse. She was diagnosed with cancer at 15. We lost her at 16 after her sweet 16 party. Um, she never lost faith with God. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. So that, you know, that's easy to say when things are going well, but not so easy when things are not clear and you don't understand why this is happening. My brother losing his daughter, to me, I can't even fathom what that would be like to lose Dalton. Um, you know, it was, it was hard on our family, but I can't even imagine what it's like for the parents, the mother and the father, and that hole that never goes away. You might get used to living with it uh, over time and it doesn't make you cry or get depressed or not want to get out of bed as, as long as it did in the beginning. But, um, you know, I still, when I got the puppy, I still missed my old dogs. You know, the puppy actually made me remember them more and it made me even a little sadder the first week, which is weird. But, you know, we don't, love is something that's the price we pay for love, whether it's a horse we lose or a dog we lose or a parent or a sibling or a child, God forbid. But we don't always understand God's plan. We know that with life is loss and everybody will die eventually and some live for a long time and others not and maybe someday we will know um but all we can do for now is just keep faith and 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 you know and find the joy in the little things each day so i hope something i said today touched somebody that needed to hear this today um but just remember when you're in competition or just day-to-day -day life you need to just clear your mechanism, clear out the outside noise, the distractions, the negative stuff. Remember why you live your life and why you do what you do with your horses and, um, and just focus on that. And it gets hard. Just pray. A lot of times just walk into the barn, say a little prayer or, you know, when you're grooming your horse to have a little conversation with God, it really makes a difference. It really makes you feel better. So if you're struggling, get off Facebook and, and talk to God, whatever, go for a ride on your horse. You know, those kind of things will make you feel closer to yourself, more connected to yourself and bring you more joy. So like I said, um, you know, it's just, I know that you are all very strong and you are all very resilient and um, just don't let your fear or your setbacks derail you from your dreams. And um, that's all I want to say. So thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you have a topic or a question, be sure to send it out to me. I want to stay with where the group is. 
Um, and for those of you that have are listening to this and you're not a member of TLC, reach out to me and join for a month. You might really like it. Um, that includes, oh, don't forget to send me your videos, everybody. And just remember to tell me the name of the arena. Uh, if it's a training video, obviously just tell me you're at home practicing. But if it's competition, the name of the arena, the winning time, your time, and any concerns. If you have multiple horses, tell me which horse it is. And other than that, um, have a great week. And as always, ride with heart and God bless everybody.